Guru Arjan's Bhajan Dan Dan Satguru. Hail, hail to my Satguru, who reunites the separated ones. I have seen the Master, who is exactly like what I had heard of him. He reunites the separated ones. He saves the soul at the court of God and reunites the separated ones. He makes us meditate on the Nam of God. He cuts the disease of ego and reunites the separated ones. Nanak says, God makes those meet the Satguru whose union is preordained from such kind. He reunites the separated ones. Hail, hail to my Satguru, who reunites the separated ones. Tanatana Satguru Mela Jaira Vichayana Mela Tanatana Satguru Mela Jaira Vichayana Mela Jaisa Satguru Sunida
Kosalan, embracing me, put the garland of your hands around my neck. By making me your crazy one, kill me in your love. message of love and Master Kirpal's Circular 17. Love, concentration, and self-surrender, the psychology of mysticism. And I was thinking of what to select for readings. Um, I was thinking, well, we have Valentine's Day coming up, and we've had Master's Message from Christmas and New Year's. We've had Master's Messages for birthday, and what would Master's Message for Valentine's Day be if he ever issued one? And I figured it would be the message of love, so I thought of reading this. Um, I also thought, you know, it's not out of bounds to think that Really, the message that the Masters are bringing all the time is, be my Valentine. When I was a kid, I, I always presumed that a game, if you will, of the souls and God was that the souls went looking for God. But it's somewhat the other way around. But <clears throat> they come looking for us and say, be mine. So this is Sanchi's message of love, his first major message of his mission. And he says, Dear brothers and sisters in the West, I send you namaste and love. Previously also, I sent a message in the form of a tape recording. And it was that all brothers and sisters should be one and should meditate. Our Satguru Maharaj Kripal Singhji came into this world with the message of love, and he taught us to love. And even now we should work according to his message and teachings. Everybody should have love for all and should meditate. We can see him and receive his love even now, if we go in. He is all-pervading. He is residing in everybody. Unless we have more love for him and a keen desire to meet him, we can't go in and see him. How can one love God if he or she is not loving his creation? One saint says, when a disciple meets a fellow disciple, both are happy and, bow, and both bow down at each other's feet. 
This only is the path of the bhaktas, or devotees, and this only is the true discipleship. But the path is very sharp and smaller even than the size of a hair. The guru will not manifest where disciples do not respect each other. Saints say that the guru will never be with those who do not have love and respect for others. So all we gurubais, brothers and sisters in our master, should love each other. And whenever we meet any initiate of our master Kripal, we should be very happy to see him and should understand him as our own brother. If we are treating others badly, master will never help us and he will never manifest within us because our Satguru has taught us to love. Our Master Kripal Singh Ji brought many communities and religions together on one level and one platform. Can't we brothers all sit together? Why are we lacking in this? Because we are not doing meditation and we have forgotten the Master's message. Even now, those who are meditating are accepting the Master's message and will, and they see him. And what was the Master's message? First of all, to know thyself. We can know ourselves only when we rise above the influence of mind and maya. Then only will we realize for ourselves who we are. We are one ray of God. Our soul is of the essence of the Oversoul. And when we experience this within us, that we are all souls and of the essence of the Oversoul, we see soul in everybody and we love everybody, understanding him as a soul and not the body. It doesn't matter whether he is good or bad in nature. We have to love him knowing that he is soul and of the essence of the Oversoul and that Master Kripal is sitting in him. It has come in my experience about Master Kripal that he is the owner of all creation, that he is all-pervading. In water there is Kripal, on earth there is Kripal. It was Kripal, it will be Kripal, it is Kripal. Here is Kripal, there also is Kripal. That Kripal who gave salvation to our soul. That Kripal who has united us with our long separated God, and even now, who is all-pervading. Those who are meditating can go and meet him even today. And that Kripal was never born, never died. And he was never in the cycle of birth and death. As long as there was Hukam, God's will, he worked while staying in the body. And only with Hukam, he left the body. He comes in the body with Hukam and leaves it with Hukam. He disappears for those people who are not doing meditations, 
but he never disappears for those who are doing meditations and who are contacting him. Why do I always praise Master Kripal? And why am I so grateful to him? Consider that if one man loses some gold and somebody helps him to get back the gold with which he makes many buildings and does other things, whom do you think he will thank? Will he thank the gold? Or that man who helped him to get back his gold? In the same way, Master Kripal Singhji united us back with the long-separated God. So I'm always grateful to him that he's united me and us with our long-separated God who resides within. That is the reason why I'm always grateful to him. He is the king of kings. He is the donor. He is full of mercy and he came down to be kind to us and to love us. Even now he is showering mercy and blessings and grace while residing in such kind. He is merciful to everybody. There are no differences. He is above the pairs of opposites. We should also try to become beggars for his mercy and blessings. And we should become claimants of his mercy and blessings. How can we do that? We can do that when we obey him, when we work according to his message and teachings, and when we do the practices regularly, which he taught us when he initiated us. Azura used to say to leave a hundred urgent works for attending satsang and a thousand urgent works for meditating. He used to say that as our body needs food in order to work properly, in the same way our soul, which is hungry from ages and ages, also needs food. And meditation is the food of our soul. He used to say that unless you give food to your soul first, never give food to your body. First of all, it is meditation. Miss the worldly affairs, but never miss meditation. So meditation is a necessity, and it is the first thing. It is most important. If we will not meditate, we will forget the message and teachings of our Master. We will be divided into parties. We will forget meditations, and we will forget Master's theme. And then lust, anger, greed, attachment, and egoism will conquer us. Swamiji says that those who are not meditating are suffering. Sleep and laziness trouble them and they fall in illusions. So those who do not meditate become lazy and spiritually poor, and they fall in the great illusion. What is the great illusion? The great illusion is 
that what we see according to our own level that this is my community this is my religion I am a learned man I am intelligent etc is reality but saints see this world according to the other level and they warn us that nothing will accompany you after you die not your wealth not your health not your sons not your daughters no skill will accompany you not your intelligence nothing will go with you the only thing which will accompany you and help you is God Satguru who has initiated you and taken responsibility for you and whom we are not loving today so saints say that if you will not meditate then these things will put pressure on you because lust anger greed attachment egoism all lie within nothing comes from outside if we manifest Nam within us then where there is Nam there will be no come come means lust and where there is lust you can't manifest Nam within you as day and night cannot exist at one time in one place similarly Nam and come cannot exist at one time in one place when the eagle of love comes there's no place for the small birds of sins so everybody has to meditate meditation is the first thing when we will meditate love will be manifested automatically within us and if love is manifested within us since God is the form of love God is manifested within us Guru Gobind Singh said I am telling you a true thing a true formula listen very carefully only those who love can know God so the first thing is meditation and the second thing is love for all if we will meditate love will start manifesting in us meditation and love go side by side so as I told you first when a disciple meets a fellow disciple both should be happy seeing each other and be respectful and have love and they should understand each other as better than themselves that only is bhakti or devotion but the path of devotion is sharper than the razor's edge we have to prepare ourselves to walk on that path moreover that path is thinner than the thickness of a hair so we have to walk on that 
we are supposed to walk on that we have to prepare ourselves to walk on that path where disciples do not have respect and love for fellow disciples the guru will not come the five dacoits will find no place where the guru's love is there there will be no party propaganda there will be no other evil things so we have to do meditation as our master has taught us we should be responsible for our own selves and we should remember that our Satguru has told us to meditate and we should meditate generally what do we do we do not meditate but start finding fault and criticizing others and abusing others we do not save our own house which is being burnt by the fire of lust anger greed attachment and egoism but we are carrying water for others so Kabir says that those who do not meditate but teach others will get sand in their mouths one who's not worried about his own farm but is only concerned about others courtyards what will happen to him his farm will be destroyed so what do we have to do we should think as to whether we are protecting ourselves from all of these bad deeds or not are we being looted by them or are we protecting ourselves from them because the power of destruction is residing within us and so is the power of survival badness is within us and so is goodness we have to select the path either good or bad if we want to meet the Satguru within we have to choose the good path when Hazur Maharaj Babasawan Singh Ji left the body people celebrated the death anniversary on the 2nd of April but Mastana Ji an, an advanced disciple of Babasawan Singh Ji and I had many chances to be with him and listen to his satsangs what did he do he celebrated the birthday of Babasawan Singh Ji and he always used to say that master never dies Guru Nanak also said my Satguru is ever and ever he never comes he never goes he is immortal he is all-pervading he never dies Mastanaji had manifested Sawan Singh in him and that was why he could say that master never dies he had manifested the truth within him and when people celebrated the death anniversary he celebrated the birthday he used to say why did you have a guru who is subject to birth and death so now as to those who are saying that Satguru Kripal Singh has left I truly say about them that they have never smelled the fragrance 
and were not aware of Master's power. Master Kripal, who is the master of all creation, and who was never in the cycle of birth and death, is even now residing in the higher planes. Those who are approaching him are receiving his message and seeing him. But those who are not approaching him are wandering here and there and asking others. This is not a matter of asking. It's a matter of experience. Those who go to higher planes are aware of every satsangi's position in meditation. One who is standing on a high place sees everything. There is no necessity for asking a wrestler, are you stronger than me? Wrestlers know the wrestlers. Saints know the saints. One who reaches such kind knows how far the other goes. But those who are not going in, how can they know who has attained what position? If, by asking, they believe somebody for a while, then after a few days they do not believe because of the mind. Mind is there for deceiving. That is why saints say, go in and look within. Manifest the Shabad Nam within you. That Shabad which you can't describe in words. It's a matter of experience and seeing. So go in. Kabir says that Shabbat is not body. It is bodiless. It cannot be described in words. Go in and see that Shabd working in your body. That is why saints and masters give us Simran, so that we can rise above our body and reach up to that bodiless Shabda. Unless one rises above this body and master's body, he can never progress because neither the guru's body is going to live forever, nor the disciple's body is going to live forever. In reality, what is the form of the disciple? The soul is the real disciple, not the body. And Shabbat is the only guru. The guru is not the body. Moreover, the disciple is not the body. Our soul is the disciple of the Shabd, which is working in the saints, and that is our real guru. When seers and sages asked Guru Nanak, who is your guru? Nanak replied, My guru is Shabda. My soul is the disciple of the dun, the sound which is coming from such kind. When our soul wakes up and Shabbat is manifested, at that time every problem is settled within, and there are no questions whether our guru is Shabbat or Nam, or whether our guru is the body, or whether the power which is never involved in birth and death is our guru. Kabir says that we have the body of the guru, but we have not realized 
the real Shabbat Guru. We are attached to the body. And as long as that body remains in front of us, we say, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Our master. Our master. But as soon as that body goes away from us, we wander here and there and go astray. What was required at that time? As long as that body was in front of us, we should have taken his help to improve ourselves, to remove our shortcomings. But at that time, we were never worried about meditation, about meditation and progressing. And now when that body has left, that body has gone away. We go astray from the path which he showed us. During this time also, we are not seeking somebody's help to benefit ourselves. Even now, those who have manifested Kripal in them advise us to love each other and manifest the truth in ourselves. Even now, we can progress on the path which was shown by our Master. Even now, we can reach the goal if we seek the help of someone who is perfect. Perfect saints who have earned their meditation will never say, I am your guru. But on the contrary, they will fill us with the love of Master Kripal. They are here only to help us remember and to fill us with Master Kripal's love. When Baba Sawan Singh Ji left his body, this is a well-known fact you may be aware of, when he left his body, at that time those who loved and came to Kirpal Singh received the same love and were benefited by him because he was a true disciple, a perfect saint. He had love for and was always praising his master, Baba Sawan Singh. Accordingly, those who went to Mastanaji also received love and were also benefited. So Kabir Saab says, the Guru says to respect the saints, and saints say to worship the Guru. Living in the company of the saints, you can go up to Agam, the plain above Sachkhand, the unreachable plain. A saint says this because he has experienced that and has manifested his Guru within. He says that this is his personal experience and we should try and go ahead. He inspires us. We can understand him as our brother, our friend, whatever relation we feel like giving him, but he will never become our guru. No saint up to now has come into this world saying that he is the guru. Perfect saints will never say, I am your guru, or master, or peer. Our Hazur Master Kapal Singh Ji Maharaj always used to say, understand me as your brother, your friend. But he never said, I am the guru. So now we should take benefit from any perfect saint who has earned meditation and who is immersed in the love of Kapal. He's intoxicated with Kirpal's love, and we can also gain something from him. We can also take a drop of love from him.
The only thing is that we are not to understand him as our guru. And moreover, he will never become your guru because he is your true servant. He is the server of the Sangat. Hazur told me, you have to understand yourself as a server of the Sangat, a shoe wiper of the Sangat. He told me that if <clears throat> we will become more humble, then Master will shower more grace on us, because water will always flow down to the lowest place. It will never remain on the high place. Guru Nanak also said, those who will become humble will get more and will carry more. The branch of a tree which carries the most fruit bows down. In the same way, a perfect saint will never understand himself as great, but shows himself as a servant. And there is no doubt that he is the true Sevadar. He helps us as a true Sevadar and helps us to remember the love which we have forgotten. So we should take benefit from his company. All of us should sit together and love each other and remember our master, Satguru Kripal, who is waiting even now to receive us in such kind. And I tell you truly that even now, even today, if any disciple vacates the nine openings and rises above the outgoing faculties and reaches behind and between the two eyebrows, he will see how Hazur is working there, how Hazur is present there. If we say that we will not go to school and that the teacher should do our work, how is that possible? It is the student's duty to go to school. And after that, it is the schoolmaster's duty to teach him. Master will never come in the nine openings. So you have to vacate the nine openings and reach the place where you are shown by the master, behind and between the two eyebrows. So it is the duty of the disciple to reach that place behind the two eyebrows after controlling the outgoing faculties. There you will see how Master is working. So everybody has to meditate and they should earn their meditation, the Shabbat Nam, and always feel Master Kripal's presence at every place. See him in all. He is sitting in all. Thank you. And this from Master Kripal's circular letter, Love, Concentration, and Self-Surrender, The Psychology of Mysticism. And Master says, when one undertakes to reach a certain goal in any field of human activity, it is necessary to take stock of one's, of one's progress from time to time. It is only through such stock-taking that one can become conscious of one's shortcomings and errors, eradicate and uproot them, and plan out future progress. 
having put our shoulders to the wheel of the great master's cause it is necessary that we should in like manner review our activity and achievement from time to time without such self-analysis and self-criticism no real advancement is possible and it was to encourage this practice and make it a daily habit that in the case of individual initiates I insisted and continue to insist that they maintain a daily record of their thoughts words and deeds and of the period of meditation what is necessary for us as individual initiates is even more necessary for us as members of a large movement reviewing the work done in the past few years there is much I find for which we may be grateful many have shown remarkable capacity for selfless service such vociferous tendencies has marked the beginning of the decline of any great movement. I must check. They multiply and lead ultimately to serious rifts and divisions. The original goal is completely forgotten in the heat of controversy and debate, and the purpose we set out to achieve lies wholly neglected. If we are to escape this fate, we must zealously watch ourselves and rid ourselves of any undesirable traits that may be imperceptibly developing in us. Why such disharmony should keep up is not difficult to tell. The master cannot be present in his physical person everywhere and at all times. His mission must be carried on with the assistance of his disciples. These disciples are individuals inspired by spiritual longings who have been put on the road, but who have not necessarily reached the goal. The ultimate end is not easy to attain, and very few indeed reach it within this lifetime. The Master's cause must therefore be carried on with the aid of men and women, who in most cases are yet on the path and have not attained perfection. Their vision is individual, not universal, and the viewpoint from which they see and judge is limited by the degree of spiritual development attained by them. When they are entrusted with any responsibility, it is inevitable that they should discharge it within the terms of their own vision and insight. And when in discharging their responsibility, they have to collaborate with others like themselves 
others whose viewpoint is equally individual and distinct. The roots of discord begin. So long as they work directly under the guidance of the master, all is well. But the moment they also have to work in collaborating and cooperating, controversy begins. They should understand that they are all laborers in the field of the master, working for promoting the holy cause of leading the seekers to the goal of life. The man who could see could resolve out of touch the contradictory statements regarding the elephant made by the proverbial blind man, the proverbial six blind men, but left to themselves they could only wrangle and debate. Each considered that he was right and the others wrong, and each distrusted what the others had to say. If six men lacking full vision could not agree about the nature of so limited and well-defined an object as an elephant, it's not surprising that those with limited vision should be unable to harmonize completely on so vast and unlimited a subject as spirituality. And yet, while it is natural for those who lack full vision not to agree fully on such matters, we must not allow this limitation to cre create division and dissension. If we fail to find a remedy, we will ultimately have to sacrifice the cause which brought us together. And what a great loss that would be. There's only one remedy for all such discord, and that is love. He who has not mastered its secret can never hope to be received in the court of the Lord. It is the beginning and end of spirituality. He who understands love in its true nature and who lives and moves by its light shall, surely as two added to two makes four, attain the Lord. Love and all things shall be added unto thee. Christ. Listen, for I give you the very essence of truth. Those who have loved have reached the Lord. Love knows selfless service, sacrifice, and self-surrender. Let no one interested in spiritual advancement perform service for the sake of appreciation. Selfless service is a great reward in itself. It even sacrifices one's personal interests for the cause one has sincerely taken up. What is this love of which all mystics, Eastern and Western, have spoken so insistently? Is it like the love of the earth that we know? If you study the bonds of earthly love, you will find that at some point or another, a trace of self-assertion is present in every case. Parent and child, friend and friend, man and wife, each is involved in a more or less strong drive for possession. It is a love that can often rise to great heights of self-sacrifice, and yet, it is a love that is not wholly selfless. 
But the love of which the mystics speak is a love that must be completely purified of the self. If one has not attained complete purification in this respect, one's love is still not perfect and not truly acceptable in the eyes of the Lord. And so the love of mystics is one in which one completely and unreservedly surrenders oneself to one's love. The seeker who, having found a true master, has developed such absolute love for him, steadily purifies himself of all imperfections and makes himself a fit recipient of divine grace. You may well ask why there is this insistent stress on complete self-surrender on the mystic path. The answer is simple. Without this absolute surrender of the last vestiges of ego and selfhood, and without such complete absorption, absorption in the object of one's law, one cannot attain that unwavering concentration of all one's faculties, which is the prerequisite of all inner progress. Absolute love and self-surrender are only other aspects of complete and flawless concentration. <coughs> the moment the self enters the picture and the question of I-ness arises, the single-pointedness of concentration is dissipated and inner advancement is made impossible. Besides, the goal of the spiritual aspirant lies far beyond the limits of individuality. His goal is the union with the Absolute, and such union must necessarily be a denial of the limits that separate us from each other. He who cannot rise above the ego, the faculty which creates these very limits, cannot hope to attain to that station, which is the denial of all individuality and a realization of the oneness of all life. Hence it is that mystics of all traditions have been untiring in their stress of the need for absolute self-surrender. It was this cross of sacrifice of the self achieve this degree of self-surrender, one must not look up to the deity in its abstract form, but in its human form as the matter. For how else is one to know God's will directly in order to surrender oneself to it? What one may take as an intuition inspired by the divine may really be one's own self speaking in disguise and surrender to such seeming intentions may be really surrendered to the self, to the ego. However, if one has found a true master who is attuned to the Lord and is his mouthpiece and obeys him, obeys him in all things completely and absolutely, he will surely destroy the hydra-headed serpent of the ego and reach his heavenly home one day.
There will be moments in the course of such love when one, judging from one's own limited understanding, doubts the validity of the Master's instructions. But such moments are only tests to make our self-surrender more complete and more secure. And he who passes through these tests successfully will one day radiate with the glory of God. Such love and surrender to the will of the Lord embedded, embodied in the Master has been the keystone of the teachings of all mystics, and especially so of Saint Mark. Your main task as disciples, as initiates, is to cultivate these qualities to the very utmost and leave the rest to the Master. There will, of course, be moments of doubt and of question, but if you can pass through them with your love and your faith unscathed, you will find the spiritual road within, steadily unfolding itself before you, and all things being added unto you. The path is certainly not easy, but for one who has made such love the cornerstone of his life, nothing could be easier or more certain. Jesus never promised the peace and comfort with which the world is familiar. It was the cross he offered. We have to suffer, we have to suffer, to reshape ourselves, to destroy the old and forge the new. We have to face the ridicule of our fellows and the organized opposition of orthodox institutions. But if we have anchored ourselves in such a love of complete self-surrender, nothing can disturb the peace of our minds or distract the spiritual harmony that is ours. Initially, perhaps, it is easier in the West than in the East to take to the mystic path than it is in the West. There is in India, for example, a long-standing tradition of seeking and following a living master. A tradition that is foreign to those to whom religion has been taught in terms of a closed revelation. Nevertheless, this initial advantage is not as great as it might at first appear. For the essential advantage in the field of spirituality is to be found not without, but within. It lies not in the absence of outer opposition, but in one's inner capacity for complete self-surrender and love. And outward obstacles may, in fact, act as tests and stimuli for the development of this capacity. This ability to conquer the ego and to submit oneself to the higher will is as rare in the East as in the West. And wherever it can be found, there you shall observe the true grandmark of spirituality. It is this capacity that you must cultivate and develop if you really wish to make substantial progress in the spiritual field. I repeat, the path is not easy. You must crucify your ego and lay yourself in at the altar of love for your master. Rome was not built in a day, and the true abode of the Lord is not to be attained 
with a few weeks' labor. Most seekers want quick results. They want miracles and sudden transformations. But the seed generates rapidly only in thin soil and then withers away. The seed that must grow into the life-giving tree must grow most slowly. The science of spirituality, as it has been taught by all masters, and as it has been given to you, is a perfect science. Its truth has been demonstrated by some initial experience. The rest depends on your effort. The divine grace is ever ready to pour itself into the vessel, but the vessel must first be ready. The power to perform miracles is not very difficult to acquire, but it is not to be confused with true spirituality, which must be paid for with complete self-transformation and self-surrender. This then is the task before you. If you aspire for spiritual salvation, then do not lose a moment in seeking to reform yourselves. Man-making is the most difficult part of spirituality. And if you've perfected yourself in that field, then God-realization is not difficult. Let your love for the Master be absolute and your obedience to his wishes uncompromising. Work for his cause to the best of your abilities. But do not let the individuality of your limited vision inculcate feelings of opposition and resentment of your fellows. So long as one has not attained universal consciousness, differences of opinion are bound to exist. But if one has understood their cause, one will not allow them to disturb one's peace of mind. Whatever the outer opposition, whatever the opinions of others, if one has surrendered oneself completely to one's love, then nothing can ever disturb one's equanimity or obstruct one's spiritual course. He who is upset by what others have to say is without question one who is still controlled by the ego and has yet to conquer his self. He has yet to learn the rudiments of spirituality. Let me therefore command you as a father, exhort you as a teacher, persuade you as a friend, to turn to the reformation and conquest of the self if you seek to progress on the inner path. Try to help others and do the best for them. But be not concerned with the fruits of what you do. That is something that you must leave to the Master. Make your love for him so complete that, beholding his hand in everything, you rise above all feelings of enmity, rivalry, and resentment. See him present in all and remember that he is always with you, ready to assist whenever you turn your thoughts to him. And above all, do not forget that he is to be won not by words but by deeds. If you love me, follow my commandments. If you can do this, if you can conquer the self and surrender it at the feet of the Master, 
if you can learn to see him working through all things, if you can accept the fact of your own limited vision, if you can undertake a ceaseless and zealous watch over your thoughts and words, sorry, your thoughts and deeds, weeding out all imperfections, then you shall not only win salvation yourselves, but enable others to do likewise. Your example shall shine like a torch in the darkness, and then even those who may first oppose you will turn to you for guidance and help. You will find a new sense of peace surging through you, a peace that does not depend on the absence of outer disturbances, but is an inner state of mind that stands unshaken even in the most tempestuous situations. And this same quality shall enter not only your individual lives, but the larger life of the great spiritual movement of which you are a part. Instead of being disrupted and divided, it shall proceed single and purposeful toward the goal. No true master has ever been interested in attracting large numbers to himself. And quantity has never been my aim. It is quality that counts, and I would rather have a handful of disciples, nay, even one, who can sacrifice his ego on the spiritual altar and learn to live by love, than millions who understand not the value and meaning of these virtues. I have suggested this before, and I emphasize this again, that a seeker should be studied more carefully and his, her background learned more before being recommended for initiation. If after understanding the basic principles of the science, he's willing to undertake this complete remodeling of himself that its practice requires, then and then alone can he become a fit recipient of initiation. And how much more is this need for self-transformation to be stressed in the case of group leaders and representatives? They are the foundations of the movement, and if the movement, and if the foundations are weak, how shall the superstructure stand firm? Their responsibility is much greater, and their effort must be much greater than that of the ordinary initiate. If they really loved me more than their little selves, if they only knew how deeply I suffer when I see them divided and wrangling, they would never have permitted matters to come to such a pass. I'm not happy to say this, but I'm left no choice. The chief element that results in disharmony between the representatives, group leaders, and other initiates can also be traced to the word distrust or some sort of fear that some of them have acquired certain powers, namely mind reading or seeing or listening in on others at a distance, psychic dominance over others, etc., which they misuse. If anyone misuses such powers, those are taken away by the master immediately. Moreover, they are armed with the repetition of five names by which they have no cause to fear anyone. Take it as an exhortation 
take it as a command. But from this day, this very moment, make love and self-surrender. And the two, as I've already said, are really one. The cornerstones of your life. Do this and you will find your life becoming daily a blessing. I am always with you, waiting for you to turn away from yourselves and towards me. Let not the light that has been planted in you become darkness, but let it flame forth into a blaze that shall illumine the world. The path is straight and narrow and difficult, very difficult and exacting. But for one who is truly, truly willing, every help is promised and he can attain the goal in this very life, a goal that sets all other goals to shame. For beside it there are no goals at all, but empty baubles and toys, at best halfway houses. I know the initiates abroad are anxious to see me in person, and I also long to be amidst them. You can well imagine how happy and jolly a father would feel amidst his sons and daughters who are all loving and amicable. I would therefore suggest that by the time I make a trip to America, all initiates, including leaders and representatives, make a special effort to live a pure, Christly, and master-like life as is possible so that all initiates will stand out amongst other men and women, shining with love in full bloom and drenched in the sweet remembrance of the Lord. And our tape is from a satsang of Sanchi's from January of 1982. <laughs> तज आलस निंद्रा काली तू लगन लगाले शब्द की हम जिसने कामयाब होना है उसने आर्थ छड़ देना चाहिए है नींद दस साथ छड़ देना चाहिए है जिन्नी के शरीर वास्ते जरूरी नींद है उस तो वध नहीं लेनी कान लगे उस तो बाद जब अभ्यासी अभ्यास करता है मन उस दे अंदर काल पैदा कर देता है ना आज तू बैठा तेरे कुछ दिशा नहीं तेरे कुछ बनिया नहीं वो कहने लगे काली भी छड़ दे जो जल्दी कम बंदा उस तांडी तरफ होंडा है सहज पके सुमिठा Those who want to become successful, first of all, they should give up laziness and sleep. They should sleep only for that much time which is very necessary, which is necessary for their good health. Otherwise, they should not sleep for more than that. And the third thing which the meditator should give up is the sense of hurriness. What happens that when we start doing the meditation, after some time when we do not get the satisfying results, then our mind says that, well, you have been sitting for so long, 
but still you did not get anything. What is the use of sitting for the meditation? So that also is the thing which destroys our meditation. So along with laziness and sleep, we should give up this habit also of becoming very hurry because whatever happens quickly is from the negative power. So that is why we should always be patient and wait for the right time so that the master can shower grace on us. Hadur Maharaj Karpal, Ek Savan Singh Desha Sanghi Pachmi Di Gal Dasde Unde Sige Usnu Ek Hafta Naam Lainu Hoya Patr Paya Onanu Ajay Ji Meri Trakki Master Gripal used to talk about one Westerner disciple of Master Saman Singh who had got initiation just a week ago and he would say, he wrote a letter to Master Saman Singh saying that he has not made any progress. So just imagine that how much meditation he would have done in that one week and how much progress he was expecting. بھی پہلے کم کرو بعد میں شکایت کرو میں اسے خیال نوں لے کے بابا بشندہ سے دستیا ہویا ستارہ سال دیاز کیتا حجور کرپال دا دستیا ہویا پنج سال دیاز کیتا میں پہنے ہوں دا سیگا اگر ابیاز کرم دے نال چھیر پرابط نہ ہویا پھر میں اپنے گروہ دے وگے کہوں گا کہ میں نے کچھ ملیا نہیں گا ان دی آرمی it was the principle that first you do whatever you are told to do and after that you can make excuses or you can complain I took that principle in my meditative life also. That is why I did the meditation for 17 years shown by Baba Vishandas. I used to say that if after doing all this meditation I will not get anything, only then I will complain to my master, otherwise not. But I have a dream but this is my personal experience and I will tell you that if we sincerely do the meditation and if we always remain attached to the master then there is no question of becoming hopeless the master who is sitting within us is not unjust he will definitely fill our empty bags Maharaj Savan Sintendu Sandesi ke ke lokaan di ye halat hai bi ladvi deo लदेनर भी दो, लदनवाड़ा भी करे दो, क्या नाम भी दो, कमाई भी तुष्य करो, सानू बिल्कुल बैठना ना पे, ऐसी लोग मेंट दे चोर होने हैं। Master Sound Singh जी used to say that the people are such that they want that I should give them all the things, plus I should give them some means through which they can transport the things which I have given to them, plus I should give them someone who can load their car or something like that. People want the initiation and they want the ready-made meditation also from the master. They do not want to do anything, but we should not become thieves of working hard. We should never become lazy in doing the meditation. If your mind is telling you that still you have a long time to go, get up from the meditation. Instead of getting up, you should meditate for one more hour. When you will punish him, he will not give you such advices again. Swami Ji Maharaj said that, Jo jo chor pa janade prani se se dukh sahe, Aars need satave unko nit nit parma gahe, 
शाम क्रोध के चक्के खावे लोभ नदी में डूब मरे स्वामी जी महाराज दुनिया की हिर सुंदर इंसान हजारों रात चाकता है मेहनत करता है लेकिन परमात्मा के वास्ते कद कुर्बानी की है For the worldly things, the people stay awake for many nights. But have they ever sacrificed one night in the remembrance of God? Guru Nanak Sahib said, "Bure kamnu utkhloya naam ki vela pay paisoya." Guru Nanak Sahib said that for doing the bad things, the person gets up. But when the time for the meditation comes, he goes to sleep. Tajalas nindra kahli. तू लगन लगाले शब्द की पांच शब्द घट में बजे यह निर्णय कर ले शब्द की जब मैं शुरू शुरू तू बाबा बिशनदास के पास गया मेनू कहते तू कि आया मैं क्या जी परमात्मा की तलाश में आया है उन्होंने मेरा मुंह फड़ के तहन चुक के सूरज की तरफ करता दोपहरा सीगा मैं कुछ वक्त तक झाकया अखीर सूरज की तरफ कि चर झाक सकता सीगा मैं नीवी पावा फिर तहन मुंह चक दे मैनू कहते तू एक सूरज की तरफ नहीं झाक सकता तू इनी मेहनत भी नहीं कर सकता वो परमात्मा का करोड़ों सूरजा का भी सूरज है तू बड़ा नूर है उधर किमें झाकेंगा टाइम so he told me that you have come to see god god is all light he is much more bright than millions of the worldly suns of the earthly suns and now you are not able to look at even one sun will you be able to work hard will you be able to look at all the light which god has panch shabd shabd ka तू हो गुरु ज्ञान बताया शब्द का we'll close with sanchi's bhajan Satguruji Darshadikau
on page 49. O Satguruji, hear our plea and give us your darshan. We have come to your door. Listen to our voice. This world in which Kal has trapped us is alien. We have put our attention in this. Our time is too short. The whole world is false. All the dealings are false. Your nam, which is true, we have forgotten. Everywhere it is darkness. Please come again. We are wandering here and there. Hear our voice. Beloved true Kirpal, I sacrifice myself on you. Release our soul from the cage of Kal. Ajayb makes this request. He meditates on the Nam of Kirpal. May we always remember your feet. O Satguruji, hear our plea and give us your darshan. Satguru ji darshad ka ho Sun ke pariyad saadi Satguru ji darshad ka ho Sun ke pariyad saadi Aaye haathe re darte Suniyo avaj saadi Aaye haathe re darte Suniyo avaj saadi Sehe chote shapraya Kala ne panda paya Sat Guru Ji Darshat Kao 